Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. It is the John Chuckery Show, live on this Wednesday evening with you as we continue with the fallout from the Atlanta Hawks firing Nate McMillan. Of course, Landry Fields had his press conference today. He joined our midday show with Andy and Randy earlier on this afternoon as well. So still lots of storylines, and we'll try to figure out as we regroup for Friday night, uh, taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to the beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Lauren Williams. She covers the Atlanta Hawks. AJC.com is where you can catch all of her work. You can follow her on her Twitter page, at WilliamsLaurenL. And as always, Lauren, appreciate it. Uh, Listen, I know it's been busy and it's been crazy the last couple of days, but listen, you're hanging in there and doing a good job with all of this. Thank you. You know, it's... um... I would say just like the timing of everything came as a shock. I think we all anticipated that Nate would not be back with the team next season, but I don't think we at all expected that the team would be moving on from him with just 23 games left in the season. Well, here's my first question to you. So I I heard the clips from John Collins, DeJounte Murray, Mm -hmm. Clint Capella. You know, they all spoke Mm -hmm. to the media today, and they all talked about accountability and they could Mm -hmm. play better and do this and do that. Okay, then why didn't they do it when Nate McMillan was the coach? Why why did they wait until the coach was fired to come out mm-hmm. and say these kinds of things? I mean, I think that's the thing that just kind of boggled my mind about why we waited till this moment after he's fired to kind of help mm-hmm. some have some self-reflection or self-accountability. Yeah, I think John Collins kind of and even Clint Capello said it best. It seemed as though the messaging or the way that they would try to he would try to get his message across just wasn't reaching the team and when you have a a coach that has lost the locker room and I'm not sure how much he can accomplish on the court and it seemed that he as a coach recognized that especially with all of the reports that mentioned him looking to step away from his role as the head coach of the team but you know the team deciding not to accept that resignation so of course you want to see these guys compete when they have the coach that they do have. But Landry Fields acknowledged it as well in his uh, his interview with Jeff Schultz and, um, in The Athletic a couple of days ago that they needed a fire lit under their butt. And maybe now it's it's just a matter of they needed a new voice to kind of get the messaging across. So to your point, though, mm-hmm. if we knew a few weeks ago that that he was looking to resign and things like that, if you mm-hmm. were just if you were just going to fire him two or three weeks later, why didn't they just accept his resignation at the time? Yeah, and and that's what I asked Landry Fields at this this morning's press conference, and he said that he that Nate McMillan never expressed that to him, Landry Fields. He said if he'd been expressing that to other people around the the organization, that it's best that I take that that question up to Nate. And whenever I have asked Nate uh, McMillan about it, he also denies or or dances around the topic of whether or not he was trying to resign. But it's hard to believe that those conversations did not come up because it's it's where there's smoke, where there's fire, right? right. Um, so it's it's an interesting situation where nobody wants to address whether or not Nate wanted to step down or why the team waited to to move on from him now but it's it's very odd timing and um now they're just it seems focused on getting the guy that they they believe will take them to the finals and as we've seen Quinn Snyder is at the top of that list um we'll see if they're able to to make that happen um 
especially with how everything has unfolded this season. Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Lauren Williams, joining us on the WaitFor.com hotline. So what do you think a realistic timetable for finding mm-hmm. a new coach is? I mean, I know Landry Field said on one hand, well, we could hire somebody immediately. But then again, he said, mm-hmm. well, it could also be summertime. So what yeah. do you think is a realistic – I mean, let me put it this way. Is Joe Prunty pretty much going to coach out the rest of this season, do you believe? If I'm a betting woman and I'm not really much of a gambler, <laughs> I, I would say that Joe Prunty finishes out the season. It's just it's hard for me to realistically see them be able to bring in someone unless they're willing to spend big money, which Landry Fields did say in his press conference that, you know, they have the backing of the of the ownership group to do. But it's it's just realistically hard for me to to believe that they will be able to get that, even if it is Quinn Snyder who isn't in a head coaching position right now, but you would hope that they'll field as many candidates as possible to find the right person, even though they do have a specific person in mind. And especially with a few of those coaches that were on that list, still on teams who are expected to be in the playoffs, it could be a little bit of time before we actually see them make a decision on who will take up the mantle of being the head coach of the Hawks. So realistically, I would anticipate more in a summer uh, hiring than than them being able to actually find what they're looking for right now. But this team has shown uh, that they they operate at a, a very different speed or a different pace, and they can surprise us again and, and maybe find the person that they're looking for and bring them in right away. I mean, we've seen it before in Minnesota where they fired Ryan Saunders midseason and then they brought in Chris Finch right away. So it's we'll see what happens <laughs> but realistically i think summer is is when we see that announcement well and again i guess with with 23 games left and whatever mm-hmm. you know happens in the playoffs what do you gain or what do you learn by bringing in your head coach now i guess uh, you yes. know versus trying to just you know with without bringing him in before free agency or the draft mm-hmm. or anything like that i mean what do you even gain by bringing in a guy let, let's say if it's a couple of few weeks from now what do you even gain mm-hmm. by bringing in a new coach at this point? I guess it just gives them the best sense of what the, what this roster is capable of and, and what direction that they're willing to move in. Um, granted, they can watch that from wherever they are <laughs> right now on TV and film and everything like that. But I guess you get boots on the ground and, and being able to actually make decisions on, okay, I, I'd like to keep this guy on the roster. I think it's time that we move on from this guy. Um, but the Hawks are in a very unique situation where they don't have, they still don't have a ton of assets that would make making these trades um, a little bit easier. But again, we've seen that this, this organization kind of moves at a different speed or plays by different rules. So um, again, it just gives whoever they bring in, whichever candidate they bring in, a, a solid boots on the ground, eyes on the ground idea of what it is um, is needed to make a championship caliber roster as uh, Landry Fields uh, said a lot today. Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, Lauren Williams, joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. I know what Landry Fields said, but mm-hmm. if realistically, how how disenchanted or, or maybe at what point did they feel like that they were going to move on from Nate? Because if they're talking about hiring a coach, mm-hmm. you know, even in a few weeks or whatever like that, 
the reality is is that this just this just didn't pop up a few weeks ago, a month ago. This mm-hmm. this half this had to have been in the plans for quite a while at this point. I mean, if you're really talking about moving on from your coach and and you're pulling the trigger with 23 games left to go, yeah, I, I have to have a sense that this is something that happened way earlier in the year with mm-hmm. Nate McMillan and and where this franchise was headed. I mean, do you get that sense as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a little inclined to speculate that, you know, even though I say uh, it's hard for me to imagine them being able to make a decision regarding this the direction that they want to go coaching wise uh, until the summer, I have to believe that they have some inclination that you know their targets are going to be available and 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 at least willing to interview. Um, and that puts them in, a, I guess, a more comfortable position to say, all right, well, uh, we, we've moved on from our coach. But you have to remember that when Chris Zizlemore Chris and I did our reporting last month, we did mention that they'd already been telling some player agents that Nate would not be back next season. And so the fact that they moved on a little bit sooner than that maybe gives some of these agents a little bit more um, a sense of security or a sense of that their clients will be happy with the re- with the direction that this team is moving in and they'll be less inclined to want out. Um, so you have to wonder, as you mentioned, has this been in the works for a really long time? And if, it, if I'm speculating, then my answer would be yes. It has been something that's been a moving part for a little bit longer than has been publicly said. But that is purely speculation. (laughs) So I I have my personal opinion, but I want to I want to figure out what you think. How Mm -hmm. involved is Tony Ressler within the front office as far as this coaching hire goes? I mean, with everything. I mean, I I think that he is certainly an owner that wants to win and and everything I understand about him. He certainly wants to win. But it does feel mm-hmm. like he's been very involved and mm-hmm. maybe not as much initially with Travis, but it feels like, and I know Landry Field said on our midday show today, he's in charge of all the basketball operations. But yep. do you get the sense that this is going to have a lot of influence by Tony Ressler in this hire or things moving forward about the direction, how much money mm-hmm. they're going to spend? I mean, is that all about Tony Ressler? I'm inclined to believe that Tony Ressler has a very loud voice in, in this decision-making or, or a very strong voice, I would rather say, than loud voice in this decision-making. And even though, yes, it ultimately comes down to Landry being the guy that makes has the final word, I, you have to believe that Tony has you know, a lot of influence in terms of what he'd like to see in this organization, especially since he's the person that has the majority stake. And so... Um, yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you that I'm inclined to believe that he has a very strong opinion in, in whatever happens going forward. Last question for you, Lauren, and we're joined mm-hmm. by Lauren Williams, Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Uh, you know, when you look at where this team is headed, and mm-hmm. I know that Landry said today that it's important to win and they're still trying to get to the playoffs. And, and he also said that they have the, the coaches have the ability to do whatever they've got to take to win. How do yes. you think this team responds starting on Friday? How do you think that – do they think about this as like a, 
okay, it's a relief, it's a breath of fresh air, or listen, we're 23 games away from being on a banana boat for the season. I mean, <laughs> how do yeah. you think this team responds starting on Friday? Um, you know, I think we have a lot of prideful guys. And as you mentioned, when we started this conversation, why did it take them so long to kind of get here? But we've seen what they're capable of doing when they're all in. And I think they come out all in, especially because they do have a lot of pride. And um, I do believe they did have a good personal relationship with Nate McMillan, but just not a great professional one. And so now that there's a new, new voice, leading the way I think they come out a lot hungrier especially since they're coming off of a break they don't have these tired legs and um, you know this is a moment for them to really start putting the drama of this season behind them and and turn the page and have a fresh quote-unquote start Um, and even if the the season doesn't necessarily end the way that they may want it to if they can finish out strong then it it carries over into the next one and um, I still think that's a positive result. Uh, unfortunately, the drama has, uh, you know, kind of shadowed, overshadowed everything. And uh, the performance has been, in my opinion, a byproduct of all of the dysfunction that's been happening um, throughout the organization, not just with the coaching staff, but even in the front office. You can follow her on her Twitter page at Williams Lauren L. She is the Hawks beat writer for the Atlanta journal constitution, AJC.com to keep up with all of her work and, all of the different things going on with the Atlanta Hawks. Lauren Williams joined us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Lauren, as always, appreciate it. Uh, thanks so much. Yeah. I know it's been busy and crazy, but um, yeah. we've still got a long way to go with uh, with this season and everything else surrounding this team. You can only hope it's every every way but up, right? <laughs> Anything, everything, all the way up from here. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. All right, John Shuckery, we'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app.